Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. And welcome to this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. I'm your host, Rebecca Kressman, and today we're going to be talking about cancer and the role that Huntsman Cancer Institute plays in our community because there is an event coming that celebrates the accomplishments of Huntsman and our community together. And we're actually going to take a personal angle, too. So I invited a friend of ours whose name is Kirk Benson, who is the owner of Performance Automotive. And so you've seen his car dealerships all around it. He's also a cancer survivor. So this is very personal for him. Welcome, Kirk. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Glad to be here with you. And you're not only here as a cancer survivor, but also as someone who supports the Huntsman Cancer Institute. So we'll be talking about that. So let me introduce our next guest. Lauren Savage is the Huntsman Cancer Institute Outreach and Communications Development Officer. Did I get that title right, Lauren? Yes, I am one of the development officers. (laughs) (laughs) So appreciative of you being here. And the gala that's coming up is truly a celebration. Absolutely. It's our opportunity to share with those in attendance uh, the great accomplishments that have been being made up at Huntsman Cancer Institute, but then also to raise funds to continue to support the research that's happening there. Which is something we're going to talk about in depth, and so we're very fortunate to also have with us Dr. Howard Coleman. He's a neuro-oncologist with the University of Utah Hospital with Huntsman Cancer. First of all, Dr. Uh, Howard Coleman, what is a neuro-oncologist? A neuro-oncologist is a physician who treats brain tumors along with other members of the team that treats brain tumors, so neurosurgeons, radiation oncologists, nurses, PAs, and neuro-oncologists. Is brain cancer a common cancer for people to be diagnosed with? It's relatively uncommon in terms of percentages. So there are many fewer patients in the U.S. with brain tumors than with other common cancers like lung cancer, breast cancer, or colon cancer even. And is brain cancer one of the areas that HCI is focusing on? We think it's one of our um, uh, kind of specialties in terms of a rarer cancer that typically gets treated mainly at uh, specialized centers. So we are one of the the main brain tumor centers for the Intermountain West and the West Coast. Which is where you found yourself, Kirk. Is it? Tell me what year was it? Twenty ten when you were diagnosed? Uh, it was twenty eleven. The uh, towards the end of twenty eleven. Can you walk us through that journey a bit? Because you tie into each of these gentlemen that are joining us today. Yep. Uh, yes. Uh, you know they saved my life. So obviously I love them dearly. But uh, you know we. My dad had cancer and um, was diagnosed and died 51 days later. And during that time, I was I was spending a lot of time with him and taking him to various doctor appointments. And uh, I was having some of my own issues. And uh, so after numerous doctor visits to my family doctor and my general doctor and going around and everybody telling me, oh, Kirk, you're just getting older. That's so why dizziness. Dizziness, uh, okay. losing eyesight. I was throwing up a lot. Um, I uh, I was drinking a lot of water, which was really, really strange. And uh, so I would go through almost a case of water at night. Mm-hmm. And um, going through that, I I went to various doctors and they said, well, you're just getting old and, you know, here and you are. And you weren't. How old were you? <laughs> I was I was 40. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. just about, I was almost 40. And um, so 
I finally, an eye doctor sent me up to uh, Judith Warner, um, who's up at the Moran, and she's not only an eye doctor, but she's also uh, an oncologist, if I remember right. Yeah, she's a, a neuro-ophthalmologist. Neuro, yeah. But this so, is Moran Eye Center. Uh-huh. Yeah, so she took me in, and, and, um, and she, what a great lady she is, uh, just a phenomenal person. And she came in, she says, well, here's the good news, and there's some bad news. And I said, well, what's the good news? She goes, I know what your problem is. And I said, okay. She says, I'm confident you've got a brain tumor. And I said, oh, okay. And, and she explained how, she, you know, normally they can just go up through the nose and remove the tumor and, and that it's been pushing on my pituitary gland, and which has caused a diabetes insipidus, which is a water diabetes. Which is why it, you were thirsty. Right. Okay. And, uh, and instead of the people before doing an MRI and looking why all of a sudden I got diabetes insipidus, they just masked it with uh, the the hormone called desmopressin. And so I was already taking the desmopressin, and she explained that's why this all of a sudden came up. So she set up an MRI, and uh, took a, I went and did the MRI, and then she called me and uh, told me that, um, uh, and I was with some friends on the way to a 49ers game, actually, and had the kids in the car, and so I tried to hold my composure until I dropped them off at my mom's. And you know my mom; she's I do. the grandmother of the year, a wonderful, wonderful woman, yeah. and breast cancer survivor, and <laughs> and a breast cancer survivor. And she just lost your dad. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, she Judith told me that uh, that it's very clear that there's uh, tumors in there, and I need to get into uh, see a neurosurgeon right away. And, now uh, your father didn't have brain cancer. No, okay. no, he he had cancer by the and and I'm going to slaughter the name, mm-hmm. but if I remember correctly, it was called adenocarcinoma, and, okay. which is means that they really don't know where it originated from. But yeah, you can get mm-hmm. adenocarcinoma in various organs, but you sometimes get a situation where you know it's an adenocarcinoma, but you're not sure where the source is, which okay. it sounds as. What wow. the case was right. in this situation. So this was new for you. You didn't know a lot about brain cancer. No, right? nothing at okay. all. And, uh, you know, I was just, you know, my my best friend, Pace Mannion, he was with me when I got the the news. And he said, well, we're just happy. We know now that you have a brain because nobody was sure I had one, but <laughs> <laughs> including my wife. But uh, so we spent the weekend in San Francisco YouTubing videos on how they get rid of these tumors and how that surgery goes. And when we came back, we went and met with uh, uh, Dr. Coldwell, uh, uh, who's a was a neurosurgeon, and um, we said, "Okay, so how are we going to handle this?" Blah blah blah. And I'll never forget. I had my mom and my wife with me, and he said, uh, "Kirk, it, obviously you don't realize that this isn't just a tumor; that you have brain cancer." So nobody's prepared for that, huh? uh, especially a mom that just lost her husband five, six months prior to that. So we're like, well, okay. So we set up a surgery for a, to do a biopsy so we could figure out what kind of cancer it is. Uh, and we got the results back. They said it was a high-grade glioma. Uh, I wasn't going to live eventually. But Dr. Caldwell said, I totally disagree. I think it's something different. So I'm like, okay, well, I have a lot of faith in the University of Utah and, and their team. But my surgeon saying something different. What do we do now? And so they sp- sent it out to another uh, brain-focused uh, uh, pathology team, and they came back agreeing with Dr. Coldwell, which is the news we needed to hear, right? Mm-hmm. And that it was a uh, um, germinoma, and which does have a chance for uh, to be cured. 
again, we're sitting here going, okay, so who's right? You know, I mean, and Dr. Coldwell said, well, I'm right. <laughs> and so he said, it's what I thought. It's what I saw in the scans. And I'm, I'm very astute to this. Uh, and it is very, very knowledgeable. And um, so they uh, started me on an aggressive um, radiation. Uh, my cancer wouldn't have reacted well to chemotherapy. So it was a um, an intense radiation for eight weeks and uh, every day for uh, about 28 minutes. Uh, and so that's where we started. And um, and here we are six years later. That's right. That's right. And as far as him and Dr. Cohen, who is my, works with the doctor we have here, he, they believe that as soon as I can get to 10 years, I should be cured. And they have high hopes that that's what's going to happen. Well, I'm sorry you had to go through that, Kirk, but I appreciate what the corner that you turn, because from that moment on, you have been working and advocating to try to help people make sure that they have the resources that you felt like you had in order to fight your cancer, which which brings us back to the Huntsman Cancer Institute. And if I can go to you for just a bit, Lauren, because some of the things that Kirk is describing is, number one, uh, what do we know about brain cancer, what his diagnosis? How do we know the, the most successful treatment, whether it's going to be chemotherapy, whether it's going to be surgery, whether it's radiation? That's coming from research. But where do the funds come from to be able to do that type of in-depth research? Absolutely. So uh, the funds come from people everywhere. Uh, they can come from individuals uh, and communities all across Utah. They can come from family foundations, can come from government, um, really anybody who does any type of philanthropy. And those are the kind of gifts that we look for, uh, people who are committed to eradicating cancer and joining us in that fight. I think we're learning as a community that, that there are so many different types of cancer which require such different type of medication, different types of treatment, and we need to have that kind of artillery to know what's the best tool to use in this situation. So what specialties does HCI focus on? Absolutely. So we have uh, researchers who are working to answer all kinds of different questions about cancer. They can be basic scientists who are working to sort of understand what is the basic genetic makeup of cancers. We have others who are working to sort of look for genealogical or familial ties into cancers to see how cancers may run in families. We have folks who are looking to identify sort of what are the precautionary measures we might be able to take that could keep us from getting cancer? What are the, those prevention measures we could be taking? Um, and I'm sure Dr. Coleman talk, could talk a little bit more specifically about these things. But those are some of the general research areas. Of course, we have others who are working uh, to identify what are different types of treatments that we could be doing? What is the next drug? Why does this drug work to treat breast cancer, but it also works to treat lung cancer? Could we use it also to treat melanomas or skin cancer? And so we've got the researchers who are doing that. We use what we call a translational uh, research model uh, from the lab bench to the bedside, where we have researchers working right in the labs, and they can essentially walk down the halls to where patients are being treated. And I'm talking about that very generally, of course, but we, that's what we call it. We call it a lab bench to bedside research model. Well, you know, when my mother was diagnosed, the thing she said to me, and she was out of state, is, I need to get to Utah. Because we know that at Huntsman Cancer, we're going to get the best treatments. Thank you, Lauren. Uh, Dr. Howard Coleman, again, neuro-oncology. In your role, how important are these research funds? I think the research funds are very important, but maybe if I could broaden it for sure, a second and just do. address a couple of things Kirk said, which I think are very important. And that is that it's you want experts on the research side, but you also need to see the right people on the clinical side who have expertise. And you know, he brings up some some very 
good examples of symptoms that are kind of unclear, vague, hard to pin down. Wouldn't necessarily say say that that points clearly to a brain tumor. But he was misdiagnosed, um, or they missed the opportunity. Yeah, and, and that, to see and that, that sure. happens, and mm-hmm. that's reasonable. But you you know sometimes it takes a while to find the right person who says, "I know what this is," like Dr. Werner did, and Dr. Caldwell saying. You know, and I have experience with these tumors, and even though the pathology looks like this on initial evaluation, I'm not sure that's correct. We need to dig further. And those are kind of very important um, points that there are certain things that, that are common, and you know, many physicians will have good expertise. But for rare diseases, there often are relatively few people around the country who will be real experts. And so HCI is one of the NCI-designated uh, national and National Cancer Institute Comprehensive Cancer Centers, and that is you know, kind of one of the the um, signs of a place where you have lots of people with a lot of expertise about cancer on the clinical side and on the research side. Information is, is interesting uh, on a cultural level because we are exposed to different ideas and different concepts, and those stay with us. And very often when we're talking about knowledge of cancer, people, the very first thing they see or think of is breast cancer. And, and are thinking that that might be the greatest risk for them. Well, one in eight women, that's true. And I do applaud Huntsman Cancer Institute for its groundbreaking research in breast cancer. I mean, you're, you're the ones who developed BRCA. We found the BRCA gene, the gene that can tell you whether you have a predisposition in your family to develop uh, breast cancer, and I believe uterine cancer as well. So, so it's very important for us to understand that. But tell me, for someone who does a lot of work with brain cancer, how that might feel to be in a field where the need is here, too, in these more rare cancers. Right. So... So, you know, there, the, if you look at cancer incidence across different diseases, there's a, a large difference in the, per, the number and the percentage of people who are at risk and who will get certain cancers. And it's, um, you know, unfortunately just a reality in, in cancer research that the diseases that are most prevalent and have the most people are going to get the most resources, both from the federal government and other research agencies, as well as from uh, companies that develop drugs and, and run clinical trials. So for tumors like germinoma and other brain tumors that are fairly rare, um, it's a challenge because there isn't a large set of uh, drugs and trials coming through the federal government and companies are often a little reluctant to uh, spend money. It takes millions and millions of dollars to develop a drug. And so if you're talking about a rare disease, it's a much better bet for them to spend their money for lung cancer or breast cancer. And the payoff is just less for, for uncommon cancer. So that's why philanthropy, like Kirk's company has provided to Huntsman Cancer Institute, is so important because a lot of the research for these rare cancers gets done through private philanthropy and smaller foundations. So your own personal experience encouraged you as a business owner to say, okay, I'm going to help out Huntsman Cancer Institute. But you defined a few areas in particular that you wanted to be a part of, brain cancer. And- yeah, mm-hmm. and, and, and we'll change it up as the years go on because this is not going to be just a one-year commitment for me. It's going to be ongoing and, uh, and the team. And, you know, the thing that, that got me was uh, all of the problems I had after. You know, we got told one time, you know, we potentially – we're going to. I was going to lose the fight with the the first diagnosis, um, but then afterwards, I it was one, I was like this poster child for oh you know there's like a five percent chance that maybe this is going on so let's just check and every time I had that issue, um, you know from 
from blood clots to to shingles to to the brain bleeds to the I mean I had shingles in my mouth. Who would have ever thought you could get shingles in your mouth? And all these and I'm just naming a few, but what happened is I got very intimate with Huntsman because they kept trying to figure out what was going on. And there was uh, when I would go back and talk to Dr. Cohen, um, is he would be perplexed on some of the things that were going on. But instead of giving up or saying, hey, you know, we're going to try these things, he sent me to their acute care center, uh, which is uh, ran by uh, Bill Dunson, Dr. Dunson. And what a phenomenal place that was. And, you know, they sit down and they they grabbed on to every single detail until that one by one we could find what was causing the issues and then fix them. And, you know, sometimes it took a while and sometimes they were able to find things quickly, but it's the same place. You know, you have, I go from going over onto the, to the south side of the, the, of Huntsman and then ended up going over on uh, to the to the north side where the acute care center is, and as I got to know people because I I passed the infusion center every time I'd go there and I was there a lot. Uh, we I would I I learned more and more and what I learned and also when I was diagnosed is everybody you tell somebody hey I, I I've been diagnosed with cancer oh my dad my uncle my sister my brother. Blah, blah, blah. You know what? And at first I was really offended. I'm going, you know what? This is about me. I don't give a damn about your family. You know, right now I'm struggling with brain cancer. And as far as I know, I don't know any brain cancer survivors. That's usually a death sentence. And so, but as I started digesting all of that and getting more knowledgeable, one in two men, is it one in two men, will have cancer in their life. One in three women will have cancer in their lifetime, period. So every one of us is going to be touched by family members, by friends, and also probably yourself before you die. And then I grew up with uh, John Huntsman Sr.'s younger children, and so I've known him all my life. And to listen to this man talk and to talk about he is going to eradicate cancer. He's not saying, I'm going to eradicate the cancer I've had, which he's had multiple times. He's saying, we're going to eradicate it. And when I went up and saw the research center that they have up there and and the miles and miles of research lab that are all these people that are so smart that are working on various types of cancer and, like Lauren said, trying to blend them to see what can work in other types of cancer, we've got something special here. And the the faster we get on this, and the more help that we give Huntsman, we are going to find that cure. I guarantee before he dies, he will find, uh, uh, he'll be able to eradicate cancer. I have to say it that way because that's how he says it. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that, Kurt. So, so I think one, one uh, follow-up point there is that, you know, a lot of the things, you, you don't know what you don't know. And so a lot of these cancers that we haven't found good treatments for yet or have found treatments that are a little better than the older treatments, it takes a team where you've got clinicians treating the patients and kind of dealing with it every day to make observations that then they can go to the researchers who have expertise in their area but may know nothing about brain tumors and say, I think this might be something to look into, and then you have to bring those ideas back to the clinic to test them or go to a company who has drugs in that type of area. And so it's this, it's this very 
the, the big breakthroughs are going to come through multidisciplinary people with lots of different expertise on the clinical side, on the research side, getting together. And you know, specialized cancer centers are, are an important part of that, but it even has to go broader. We, know we have to collaborate with people in informatics and statistics and public health um, to address all these things. So, so that all the data, all the information is distilled and then shared. Right. That yeah. takes time and money from people with many different areas of expertise. So again, comes down to finding sources for that, those projects that are going to lead to those big breakthroughs. Last year, about a year from now, thank you for those who just joined us. That was Dr. Howard Coleman. We also heard just a few minutes ago from Kirk Benson. He's the owner of Performance Automotive. He is also a patron. As you buy a car from any of the Performance Autos, you're going to hear that a portion of that is donated to the Huntsman Cancer Institute. There is a celebration uh, coming up that we talked about at the very beginning because there is a lot to celebrate. Just not only what you said, Dr. Coleman, the ongoing research, but the breakthroughs that we've achieved together with the patrons. And it was a year ago that I attended and I had a chance to hear the passion from John Huntsman Sr. I want to talk with you, Lauren, for just a bit about the gala because there's two parts to it. One of them is, is the celebration, and then you open it up. There's an evening, a night off from cancer. So, Lauren, tell us a bit about that. Absolutely. So, first and foremost, we are so grateful to Performance Automotive to serve as the presenting sponsor for this year's gala. And Performance Automotive joins the Ansterba Cancer Foundation as the presenting sponsor as the Night Off from Cancer. So the Night Off from Cancer is really just that. Uh, we're inviting patients of Huntsman Cancer Institute and those from across the valley, along with their family members, caregivers, to come join us and take a night off from cancer. It's a dance celebration, some great desserts, and just an opportunity for folks to just have a good time, have some beverages, have some food, and be amongst those who are going through similar situations. And at the gala itself, that celebration, Kirk, it's important to you because we do recognize those who are supporters, also businesses, that this is going to remain successful if we continue to work together. Well, and you know, you think about it, and to me, I challenge everybody. You know, I, I was I did an a, a, a honor flight deal with you guys a couple of years ago, and I was so passionate about that that we ended up chartering a, a Southwest jet to help get it. And now I see other car dealers are now doing things with the honor flight. And so I love that because now I'm challenging all the other car dealers and all the other business people out there. Hey, we have something special here. And the quicker we can eradicate cancer, the quicker we can move on to something else that's going to be phenomenal. But you think about what, how much cancer is, is hurting our lives, holding back people, taking people that could be, I mean, cancer very well could have already killed Somebody that could have been the person that could have found a cure for a specific type of cancer. We all need to focus on this. And, you know, I wanted to add one thing. And, you know, regardless if you're LDS or not, you know, I, I've got to just put a shout out to what John told me. Uh, he and I were uh, together a, a couple of months ago, and he told me about some of the help that the LDS Church has given, uh, not only in financial donations, but through the the gene, genealogy uh, research the, yes. that Utah uh, population I, I, database, yeah, I mean it's outstanding. I mean, where nobody else, and, and not to disrespect any other religion, but there's probably not any other religion that is as active in helping eradicate cancer because of what we have here in Utah. And like your mom, I got to get to Utah because this is the best place. And now it with the expansion that we just had. It is the largest research facility 
in the world. You mentioned the expansion. Will that be celebrated as well as at, at the upcoming gala? Primary yeah. Children's and Families Cancer Research Center at Huntsman Cancer Institute was dedicated this past June on Mr. Huntsman's 80th birthday. And of course, there will be conversation about that as well. But coming back to the Utah population database that Kirk was just mentioning, that is a treasure trove that does exist here in Utah and is managed by the Huntsman Cancer Institute. We have access to over 18 million records, and that actually could be a little bit low from some current counts. That includes family histories, medical records. Uh, death records in the state of Utah, uh, just this treasure trove of information that our doctors and researchers have access to to really sort of uncover what's happening inside of cancer. If you go to the next research center and the amount of records that they have access to, it's from what I understand just over 100,000. So there's really no comparison uh, to what we have access to here in Utah with the Utah Population Database. And like Kirk said, uh, we have to cha- thank the church for for that. For coming, coming back to that real quick, I, I just, without the money to pay the researchers to do what we can do with that, it, that's for nothing. And, you know, it's great that we have it, but if we don't fund these people and these scientists and these wonderful, educated, brilliant people, you know, it's only going to take a couple of them to all of a sudden just pop and then something's going to happen and but we they need money for this and you know what better way to put your money towards than something that's affecting 50 percent of everybody one out of two one out of three and the other thing you said dr coleman we don't know what we don't know and we do know this that cancer takes the lives of the people that we love cancer diminishes the quality of life of people that we love and that we do have a goal to eradicate that. And, and I'm assuming that's what motivated you to go into the field that you're in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I got interested in brain tumors through the research side and kind of interest in developmental neurobiology and how the normal development of the brain might lead to cancer. Um, and so that's been a, a focus of mine. And many other researchers have got into cancer from other areas, genetics, biochemistry, medicinal chemistry, et cetera. And I just wanted to, to follow up on one of your points there. And it's not, it's not just the finding that cures. I think Kirk mentioned some of this, just the, the process. You think cancer is your main problem, but then you get all these other problems, shingles. Your immune system things. is compromised, yeah, sure. And, and all these kind of complications you don't think about. And then, uh, and then for the survivors, there are often a lot of long-term consequences of treatment. There are psychological effects. There's economic effects, job effects. And so in addition to the pure kind of scientific research and the clinical research to find cures, there's also a lot of research going on in terms of long-term effects and survivorship and how can we best take care of our patients after treatment and socioeconomic disparities and how can we better address things across the society. So there, there are lots of aspects of research. So what can we do as individuals to be supportive of HCI? Absolutely. Right here, right now, you can go to HuntsmanCancer.org and click the Donate button in the upper right-hand corner of the screen and make a donation today. We have our Huntsman Hometown Heroes program, which is run by the foundation and gives people an opportunity to do walks, to do runs, to do rides throughout the entire summer. Opportunities at Latoja, Little Red. A great opportunity for people to be fundraising from their own communities, from their own networks to join us in this fight against cancer. Uh, Of course, they've got the gala coming up on Thursday, November the 2nd. Uh, You can Buy a ticket to the gala. Buy a table to the gala. A table goes for $2,500 or an individual ticket is $300. You can donate an auction item for us to auction off at the gala. 
any number of ways you can support the work of Huntsman Cancer Institute. Uh, just give us a call at the foundation and we can help figure out what works best for you. Lauren Savage, Dr. Howard Coleman, and Kirk Benson, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Oh, it was my pleasure. May yeah. I say one last thing? Absolutely. I, 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 there's a few of my friends that have passed on, including my dad, that didn't go to Huntsman. And I'm not saying that other places aren't as good, but I often questioned myself when I see those stories because what we have at Huntsman is phenomenal. And the way they treat you, the way that everything from the time you get there and the way they handle your family, because I tell people all the time, it's not as, you know, it's hard on that cancer patient, but I guarantee it was harder on my family than it was on for me. I can handle the physical stuff. It's telling my son and my family that we don't know what's going to happen. We, we, uh, and, and my son coming home from school and blending me a blueberry, uh, smoothie because he learned in health class that blueberries have something that can help with cancer. That is something that Huntsman gets more than I've seen anybody else. They support the family. They give people means to help their family work through it. It's just, it's not just about raising money, but this is also for the people that are dealing with it. This is the place you need to go. Wow, this is the place. Did I just say that? (laughs) Boy, it rings a bell, doesn't it? And it's beautiful. Kirk Benson, Dr. Howard Coleman, keep that research going. Thank you. Today, and thank you, Lauren Savage, for joining us on behalf of Huntsman. Thank you so much for joining us.